0: Well, good morning, everyone. It does feel a bit weird to be this side of the camera. Um, I just want to, yeah, just thank everyone that's been involved in making this happen. Um, we really miss you guys being down here. Um, we can't wait for the day you're all back in this building. But we feel really privileged to be able to do this, and uh, I just want to, yeah, express my thanks to all the guys that've supported me over the last year. Um, and this morning those people are Andy, Sam, Amy and Michael um, and also thanks to I'm going to get in trouble for I forget these people, Phoebe, uh, Noah, Joel and Dan Onyenso as well who have been part of the tech team and if you want to be involved um, then please get in touch with us because uh, the, yeah, the more help we have uh, the better and we want to continue with the online thing when we be when we eventually all gather together, we want to continue with the online thing as well. So we'll need more people then as well. And Suze, and you had to forget one person. Thank you, Suze. <laughs> um, so we've been in this uh, lockdown for nearly a year. Uh, well, in this situation for nearly a year. And it's easy to think of all the negatives, easy to think of all the challenges. But I believe God really wants us to remind us of all the blessings that have come over the last year as well. And, um, you know, yes, there's been challenges, but God continues, um, as we've spoken about, to weave that golden thread of his goodness through our story. Um, And one of the blessings for me has been my Friday nights and chilling on a Friday night. Now, as someone who worked in the entertainment industry for uh, the last 15 years, Friday nights off are a rarity. um, And I often watch other people partying and enjoying themselves on a Friday night while I would sit and wait for a DJ to finish. Um, but one of the blessings of this situation has been the fact that I've been able to sit and relax on a Friday night. And me and my wife have a little bit of a routine going at home on a Friday. What happens is that she, we put the kids to bed, and uh, she goes off and has a nice long bath with one of those really weird bath bombs that makes the bath go a million different colors. Um, and I like to sit on the sofa, I like to get her a beverage, of my choice for that day and uh, I like to sit and relax and either watch some telly that I wouldn't watch with anyone else there um, because they don't like it and or um, play my Xbox and um, last Friday I did this and I like it because I can just decompress and relax and it's my space and last Friday I sat down I took my place I, uh, I had my beverage there and some snacks I was all ready to to go play a bit of Star Wars, I think, on the Xbox. And at this point, I should mention that a couple of weeks ago, we got a puppy in our house. Um, And so as I sit down and relax and kind of sink into the sofa, I look down and I notice that our puppy has eaten something he shouldn't have done. Now, quick Google, because I'd realised it was bad. You you always go to Google first, right? And then... (laughs) And then a quick phone call to the vets and um, straight away, no messing, they said, bring him in, we need to see him straight away. So we rush out, put him in the car, I drive him over to Halifax where the 24 hour vets is, no messing. And as I'm driving, I'm thinking and I'm praying, praying for the dog, praying he's okay. But I'm also acutely aware of my family. I'm acutely aware of my kids and what their reaction might be if he's not. Um, I can feel an ache in my gut. And I think no matter how long this takes, no matter what cost it is, no matter whether it's in the middle of the night, he's insured by the way, when I say no matter the cost, um, (coughs) we'll get this dog sorted. Now, the good news, we get to the vets. The vets do what vets do and because this is a family show and also I'm squeamish, I'm not gonna go into that. You can go and look on Google, Um, (laughs) but he's fine and he's, he's at home probably causing chaos now. He stayed in overnight and they checked him and everything's good. And I remember getting home that evening and I remember flopping onto the sofa and the remnants of my chilled evening were in front of me. The glass was sat on the coffee table. The glowing power light of the Xbox was on in the corner. Now, Jesus liked to take time out. Yes, Jesus, he loved to be with people, he loved to teach them, he loved to heal them, he loved to spend time talking to them. But we read all through the scriptures about how Jesus liked to take time out. Sometimes he took time out alone. Sometimes he went with his friends, the disciples, sometimes with the 12 of them, sometimes with the three of them, sometimes I think with the one of them. And he also often went off and just spent time alone with his father. The story of the feeding of the 5,000 that we've just heard is a very familiar one to many and for those of us in Family Hubs we've been studying it this week and, um, and I love that story. But What I truly love about the Bible is and what's so wonderful about the Bible is that God can show us different things as we read it. There's a new, there's newness every time we read the scriptures and so as I was reading this story recently I was drawn to the very beginning of the story. So here is Jesus, he's ready for some time out. We know this from reading the Gospels, that three things had taken place. The first thing was this, Jesus had been teaching many people, so he would have been tired, he would have been exhausted, much like I imagine many of us are feeling at the moment. The second thing was the disciples had just returned from being sent out. Jesus had sent them out to go and minister in the the area. And the disciples had just returned. And so he's probably missed his friends, and now he gets some time to catch up, to relax with them, to debrief a little bit about what's happened. And the third thing is this he's just found out that his cousin, John the Baptist, had been brutally killed, and he's grieving. So in that moment, he's tired, he's exhausted, he wants to see his friends, and he's grieving. He's definitely justified in wanting to take some time out. Now, I take great relief in this because if Jesus needed time out, then, then I can follow that example. I know that I will need time out because God, uh, Jesus is 100% God, but he was 100% human. But, but then the crowds came. The crowds come, and it says in Mark 6, verse 34, it says, When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd and he began to teach them many things. That's in the English standard version. Jesus had compassion on them. Despite everything going on, Jesus, moved by compassion, allows himself to be inconvenienced, to have his plans turned upside down. Jesus moves with inconvenient compassion. And you'll remember Trev mentioned this when he introduced Walls Down a couple of weeks ago. So what do I mean by inconvenient compassion? Well, I think it's this. It's when you are moved to act outside of yourself when all you want to do is to be inside of yourself. Let me say that again. When you are moved to act outside of yourself when all you want to do is to be inside inside of yourself now this isn't about being selfish or unselfish this isn't about whether you're an introvert or an extrovert when i say inside i'm talking about the stuff within me the stuff within my control my time my energy my finances my plans my dreams my relationships much of which is generally under our control and certainly we get to control who we have relationships with and what we do with our money and and that sort of thing but it's about how our compassion for something moves us out from that place. It moves us to the unknown, to the unexpected, to the unpredictable. It's walls-down territory. A people who allow themselves to be moved in inconvenient compassion are a people who sacrifice and give of themselves in all sorts of different ways. And... This will look different for everyone, so here's just a couple of examples. It could be practically doing something to help someone. It could be contacting someone who is isolated, that you know is feeling lonely and down and just taking some time out to ring them. It could be financial, supporting someone, sending someone a gift. There are so many ways that we can show God's goodness to the world that i can't list them all in this one talk this morning but i want to encourage you to take some time to think about what does it look like for me to move in inconvenient compassion and then here's the question do you have anything that you are holding on to that would prevent you from being moved with compassion See, when Jesus sees the people, he moves from inside himself and his desire to chill out, to be alone, to be with his friends. He moves from that inside place to the outside place, to teaching and healing and speaking with the other. And Jesus is moved twice, actually, in this story, because after he's finished teaching, after he's finished ministering and the healings happen, this happens in verse 35. It says, and when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, this is a desolate place and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, you give them something to eat. Now, I love this because I think the disciples think they're the ones being compassionate. They see people are hungry and they think, oh, yeah, we'll just send them away to go and get food. But I suspect, I suspect they are also thinking, we want them to go now so we can crack on with our day. We can crack on with what we had planned. But actually, Jesus says, we can respond. We, We can do this together. Jesus is moved with compassion, but it requires the disciples to work out the miracle. The disciples were the ones walking around handing out the bread. The miracle happened in their hands. See, God never intended us to respond to our world on our own, we were always meant to do it in relationships. Yeah, thank you. The history. Of the church is full of individuals who have allowed themselves to be compassionately inconvenienced and lives do get changed when that happens but revival and true world transformation will only happen when the whole people of god allow themselves to be moved romans 8 verse 19 says for the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of god creation's waiting for us to move Creations waiting for us to respond to a world in need having our roots down in a local church and community means that when you are moved by something i am called to action when you are moved i'm called to action yeah. why because there are people i can't reach there are places i can't go there are skills i don't possess we are not all the same we need each other if I hear of someone whose electricity isn't working, if they've got an electrical problem in their house, I'm moved with compassion because I know how awful it is to have no electricity in your house, but I really shouldn't be the one to go and fix it. <laughs> no, I would call out my good friends, Phil and Barry of Taylor Gledhill electricians to go and fix it for me, <laughs> for them. I'm moved com- with compassion. And I equip other people to go and act it out. In Romans 12, we read of how the church is the body of Christ. And in verse 4, it says, For as one body, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. We will reach so much more of our world when we allow ourselves to be moved with inconvenient compassion together. You know, I love what the branch are doing. I love what's going on there. If If you're not up to date with what they're doing... Watch the update that came out on Friday, or follow them on their Facebook page. I love how they're reaching schools and and the community, particularly locally here in Paddock. But the truth of the matter is that they can't reach everyone. (laughs) They don't reach the people in my workplace. They don't, well they they do because I work here, but (laughs) they don't reach the people in your workplace. They don't reach the people uh, on your street. They don't reach your family members necessarily. The challenge for us, for all of us, is what does it look like in the place where I am in? So we've talked a little bit about what it is and even talked a bit about how we, how we do it. But where does it come from? Where does this inconvenient compassion come from? Well, Mark 6, verse 45 to 46 says this. immediately. This is right after the feeding of the 5,000. After the great miracle has taken place, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into a boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. I love that. It's like Jesus says, okay, you can go now. I'll sort this lot out. (laughs) And after he had taken leave of them, Jesus went up the mountain to pray. Jesus made sure his roots were down in his relationship with his father. Mm -hmm. Even after everything the day had brought him, he made time to put his roots down. Inconvenient compassion comes from such a place. It comes from a relationship with the father. The one who created all things and is restoring all things. The one who loves everyone unconditionally just responding to a need is great and we've seen some amazing examples over the last year of people just responding to needs and that's great and that's good but responding with compassion that comes from the father that's kingdom advancing i encourage you don't just go to the defaults don't just read your bible plan or pray your daily prayer as good as those things are but as you spend time in the father's presence Ask him to show you his heart for the world around you. We cry out, Father, break our hearts for what breaks yours. Then and only then can we truly be moved with heavenly compassion. Then and only then can we see things with a heavenly perspective. At which point today's inconvenience is seen in a completely different eternal light. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you that you were moved by compassion. Jesus, I thank you that you saw the needs around you, you saw the hurting, you saw the broken and you were moved with compassion lord god even today as we gather in this way lord god you you are moving compassionately in our midst lord god and we ask that you would break our hearts for the things that break yours god we want to see your kingdom come we want to see our world transformed and so god we say would you move us would you shape us would you change us Lord God, to be people who respond. Lord God. Lord God, people who respond to Lord God to a world that's hurting. Lord God, because we want to see miracles. We want to see your goodness come. We want to see your kingdom advance in this place. In this town, in this nation. God, we say, Lord God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Amen.